This past week, uh, weather's been off the charts, hasn't it? We all watched on uh, Good Friday when uh, EF4 tornado cut a 22-mile path through the St. Louis area. And amazingly, no one was killed. And uh, I was watching interviews with that, and one of the news reporters was interviewing a guy that had survived the storm, and his home totally destroyed. And uh, they were talking to him, and in the process, he said, I could see the tornado coming. He said, it sounded like a train. He said, I had never prayed before. But I started praying. This past week I was talking with an individual that's going through a lot of stuff right now in their life. And they were telling me about some of their struggles, some of their battles that they're facing. And after they kind of went into detail, they, they paused for a moment. They said, I've been trying to pray. Damon, does God hear our prayers? And I said, absolutely, and we talked about that. Here's what I find interesting. When we are pushed to the wall in our lives, when there's nowhere else to to turn, ultimately we turn to God and we turn to prayer. We bow a knee. And we look to God for answers. Several years ago, I was uh, scuba diving with my, my daughter, Alicia. And uh, we were in a kind of a small group that went out. There were about 10 of us. We're about 20 miles off the shore of Key Largo. And one of the women in our group had never been diving before. And she was, like, extremely anxious. In fact, she didn't shut up the whole time going out, kept asking questions, and you could just see her winding up bit by bit. And so it came time to uh, suit up and get ready to hit the water, and she wasn't sure whether she was in or not. And she finally uh, got suited up, and we we started one group at a time going in, and she kept deferring. She go, no, no, you guys go ahead, go ahead. And so... It was finally uh, Alicia and I and her group, and she's like, no, go ahead. So we, we went ahead and we started our descent, and I was kind of watching the, the top of the water because I, I wanted to uh, see when, they, when they'd hit, and it was a long time. I mean, it was a long time before they hit. And so in the meantime, Alicia and I were kind of exploring, and it was an incredible dive that we were on. We, we got to see Eagle Ray and uh, Maury Eel and some nurse sharks. But the highlight of that dive was a 12-foot bull shark. Just incredible. And they, and they teach you that when, when shark are around, not to, not to panic, to kind of stay still, always face the shark, uh, don't touch, like, duh, you know. And so we just enjoyed it. And it, it was a breathtaking creature. 
Now, it was hanging around an entrance, uh, this swim-through uh, cave that was there. It was hanging around. It was about 10 feet from daughter and I. And uh, we're, we're just kind of enjoying the moment. And I, I look up, and I can see the anxious lady descending. And she's on the other side of, of the cave. After she got down, she came through the cave face-to-face. Seriously, she was probably five, maybe six feet from this shark. She forgot absolutely everything she'd ever been taught. She started ascending as quickly as she could. Uh, she went nonstop, which is extremely dangerous. And when she broke through the water, I think other than Jesus, she was the only person that's ever walked on water because she was just like... When we returned to the boat, she informed us it was the beginning and end of her diving career. And uh, I'll never forget that. We're in this series, Dangerous. And we've been talking about developing a dangerous faith. We talked about developing a dangerous love. Uh, to, to have a heart, an attitude that are dangerous. And last week we talked about dangerous savior that the fact that jesus christ has changed everything for us as christians absolutely everything because of what jesus christ did on the cross because of his blood and and death because he walked out of the grave we no longer have to carry chains the chains of death and the chains of sin and guilt and fear and confusion and alienation And we talked about that the chains, all those chains, have no more power in our life and allow us to live what I believe is a dangerous Christian life that God's called us to. And so as we conclude our series, I want to talk about hitting some dangerous waters and I want to talk about some dangerous prayers. And I have, through most of my ministry, talked about these prayers because there's something that I made a commitment to in my life to pray on a regular basis. And so I understand as I talk today that for some of you, this may be a bit advanced. That some of you maybe are just investigating the Christian faith, trying to figure out where, where God fits in. And I understand that some of you are new, new believers and you're just starting your walk. And so what I want to challenge you to do is to just listen up and to know that someday you'll pray these prayers. Maybe not today. It may be a few months. It may be way down the road. But these prayers are prayers that will serve you well in in your life. You know, the Bible is full of all kinds of prayers that, that people pray. And... These, I believe, are dangerous because they change you. And here's one of them. Examine me. Examine me. How many of you have ever prayed that prayer? You know, God, examine me. Look at me. Look deep into my heart. Remember several years ago, I I blew my knee out. And uh, I remember going to see a buddy of mine that's uh, orthopedic and he he did he did the visual and he did the physical and then he's like, well, we got to get X-rays and we got to get MRIs. 
He did everything possible so that he knew what was going on down there. Long and short, ACL blown out, the MCL, and surgery ahead. Have you ever let God examine you? I mean, really look into the depth of who you are? You know, David prayed that prayer many times. David, if you read the... I'd encourage you this week to read Psalms 139. It's a great psalm. And David's praying, and and he's praising God in the front uh, of the psalm, the first few verses... And then he kind of shifts gears. And it's something that I think a lot of heavyweight hitters in the Bible do. They, they begin to look around them. And then they begin to talk about the ungodly people around them. David's looking. He's like, you know, God, I'm looking at all these people. Look, look at them. They're rebelling against you. They're shaking their fist in your face. They're disrespecting you. The way, the way that they're living. God, they don't understand who they're dealing with. They don't understand who they're turning their back on. They, God, they don't understand how much you love them. God, they kind of make me sick. You ever done that? Look around the River Bend area interesting we we start finger pointing and we find people that are like flagrant with how they disobey god because if it wasn't flagrant then we'd have to look at ourselves and it's real easy to look and think well how could they and so david david's praying and he's finger pointing and he's looking at all these people and then he does something really strange Because here he is, he's going along, God examine them, look at them, look what they're doing. And then he does this dangerous thing, he does a 180. And he says this, he says, search me God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David says, you know what? Let's take the spotlight off all the other people. And God, I want you to examine me. You ever done that? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes when I just say, okay, God, show me. Show me what it is. There's something in my spirit that fights that. You know? God, examine me. No. Don't look too close. God, look, look, in, look in my heart. Mm, I think I'll stay over here out of the way. God, know my heart. Test my thoughts. God, I want to be real before you. Don't look very close. I kind of just want to stay here. Anybody know anyone? Don't point. Anybody know anyone that doesn't like to go to the doctor? It's an interesting thing, isn't it? I mean, 
I don't really want to know. And, and don't misunderstand me. I understand the element of fear there. But we don't really want to know the diagnosis. It, it scares us a little bit. We, we tend to shift back and forth. Yeah, I, I should go. I'll make a call, get an appointment. No, I'm not going to get an appointment. I don't want to know. And friends, without a checkup, you can't address the problem or the issue or whatever it is. Why? Because you don't know what it is. And so today, I challenge you to pray, to have that courage to pray the prayer and just say, God, examine me, examine me. To, to be humble enough, to be open enough. Because there's no telling what God might find. It's kind of like the uh, little boy. He said, Lord, if you can't make me a better boy, don't worry about it, because I'm having a real good time just like I am. <laughs> you know. Here's the truth, I think. The reason why we don't pray that prayer We're afraid of what we're going to find. We're afraid we might have to change. I mean, I wonder today, what are you afraid of? What is it? Because that could be the very thing that is keeping you from being the person God created you to be. You know, examine me, God. Examine me. And then this goes with it. Break me. Break me. You know, I, I pray the first prayer, God examine me, whatever's keeping me from you, whatever the problem is, God show me, show me what it is, and then you pray, break me. You know, what is it that has its hooks in you? What is it that you are doing in your life that needs to be broken? You know, what, what is that thing? Because what God does is expose to you what it is, what you need to do, what you need to deal with, what you need to cut out of your life or add to your life. You know, the psalmist, Psalms 51, writes, it says, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You're praying to God. God, it's a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, oh God. You ever been broken before God? There's something very healing about that. It's, uh, think about some of the stories in Scripture, the woman that was caught in adultery one day, and the religious leaders, they, they get a hold of her and they drag her, literally drag her, and throw her down in front of Jesus. And they're like, Jesus, condemn her. Jesus looked at her, and then he looked at the leaders, and he, he rebukes the, the leaders. He helps pick her up. And she repents. And I think that day she got to know Jesus Christ personally. And it it changed everything. I mean, Jesus, he didn't ignore the sin. He just says, go, sin no more. You know, break these destructive patterns in your life because they're destroying you. They're destroying the people around you. And it changed everything. 
You know, one afternoon, Jesus has a power lunch with an extortionist by the name of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is ripping off his own people. Zach's sitting there with Jesus having lunch, and it changes everything. I mean, he, he emerges from that lunch a changed man. His heart had been changed. His life had been changed. And he makes this announcement, and Scripture records it as he stands on the porch of his home. He says, I'm changing the way I manage money. I'm changing the, what I've been doing. In fact, I'm going to give all the money back plus some. And I'm beginning to get really serious about God and my relationship with God. And as a result, that, that dangerous encounter, that dangerous prayer, he allows God to break him and to make him a new person. Zach, woman caught in adultery. Their lives, a mess. But they were willing to say, you know what, God, break me. And it changed everything. You know, I am, I'm convinced once we become Christians, that all of us have patterns that we need to deal with. Some of them are new patterns that we need to establish in our lives. But there's also things that where we need to break some of the old patterns in our life. And it's a tough prayer, isn't it? Break me, God. Break me. Because sometimes God's merciful in that breaking. And other times it's painful. And I've been a part of both of those. I wonder today, what, what needs to be broke in your life? What, what is it that is keeping you from the abundant life? You know, is it lust? Is it anger? Is it selfishness? Is it some lie that you're keeping? Is it materialism? I mean, what, what is it? And if you don't know, you say, well, Damon, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Go back and pray. Examine me, God. God will show you. And then when God exposes that and, and you start getting uncomfortable and you go, okay, that's what it is, then you can pray, break me. I mean, do you have the courage to do that? Here's another dangerous prayer. Test me. Test me. God tests. Scripture says God tests. And God's tests always bring out the best in your life. They always do. James writes this. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God tests. God does not tempt. Do you know that? God can't tempt. God will test you in your life. God will test you to to build your character. You know, God will test you to, to build qualities into your life. That could never be built if God didn't do that. In fact, some of you would attest to, I would not be the person I am today if I hadn't been tested through time, through the struggles of life. David, David says, Psalms 139, he says this twice, which tells me it's very important. He repeats himself, but he says, search me, God, and know my heart. 
You know, test me and know my anxious thoughts. I hate tests. Some of you are being tested in your life right now. And I guarantee you're not going, woohoo, I'm getting tested, you know. When I was in school, I didn't like tests. I never got up the morning of a test, got dressed, ate my cereal or whatever, and go, oh, boy, I can't wait. It's test day. It's exam day. I can't wait for it. Because it's not fun. If you're in a test right now, you know it's not fun. But I also know that God does some of his best work in those times. I mean, God tests different ways, doesn't he? Sometimes he, he tests through a blessing. And, I, you know, I was thinking about how, how do you talk about this? I've been in ministry almost 30 years. And I have watched people through the years. Watched single adults. I've watched couples that, that barely getting by. And life's beating them up pretty good. And I watch and they're very faithful. They're very faithful with their treasures and their talents and their giftedness and their time when they're barely getting by. Oh, we love God. You're our God no matter what. We are going to serve you, God. Whatever happens, we are here. You can count on us, God. And then suddenly they get tested. They get blessed. Maybe a financial windfall. Maybe an opportunity or a promotion. And here's what I've seen too many times. Once they're blessed, they leave the church. Oh, oh, they come once in a while. You know, they're priesters. Come on Christmas and Easter, you know. Bounce in once in a while. See, the, t- the test comes along. Things start going well. Hey, I think I'll get a lake house. Hey, I'm going to get a boat, you know. I'm going to get involved in great things on the weekend now. Because after all, I'm self-sufficient. I can kind of plunge in and determine my future. Yeah, I get to church when I can. It's a test. This is a test of God's eternal broadcast system. This is only a test. Not a temptation, test. See, I also think we're tested by difficult circumstances. Now understand, God doesn't bring the difficulties into our life. They happen. God allows them. We live in a fallen world full of sin. But God's going to see when those difficult times come how you react. What you'll do when nobody's looking. It's a test. You know, test me. It's a tough prayer. How about guide me? How many of you have ever prayed, God, guide me? I mean, really, God, guide me. 
David, David prayed that. Verse 24, he says, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Guide me, God. Lead me, God. You, I'm giving you the reins. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Cindy and I were on vacation several years ago. We were in Mexico, and we decided to take an overnight out to the jungle. And uh, we were at Chichen Itza, and it's in the Mayan ruins out there. You ever there? Incredible, incredible thing to do. But... It was after dark. We were going to go out and watch the laser show on the pyramids. Pitch black. Couldn't see anything. And our guide, he was telling us as he's walking us that he'd grown up here and grown up in the jungle. And he's telling us about all the snakes and the wild animals that could eat you. You know, I mean, I think he was messing with us a little bit. But uh, he had me convinced at that point. He goes, follow me. Now, I will tell you, I absolutely did not know where we were going. I mean, we're walking through the jungle. But I had confidence that he knew where we were going. I never for a moment thought, well, thanks for the help, but no thanks. I think I'm going to lead this group. I just let the guide guide us. But here's what I've found is too many times we don't let God guide us. I mean, do you really let God lead you in your life? Do you, do you really? Or is it kind of, hey, this is what I'm going to do, and bless it, God. See, that's a dangerous prayer, isn't it? God, guide me. But a little heads up. I think it's a lot more dangerous to not pray that prayer. To not let God guide you. You know, I started praying that prayer when I was in junior high. God, guide me. I don't know what you got in the future for me, but guide me. I'm not sure what you want me to be doing, but guide me. And I kept praying that prayer, trying trying to figure it out. And over that next year... God spoke to me. I mean, not audibly, but God spoke to my spirit. And it was Damon going ministry. And I've told you that before. It changed everything for me. It changed the, the whole trajectory of my life. God, guide me. I mean, if I, if I hadn't prayed that prayer and made that part of my life, I mean, I wouldn't be standing here today. Wouldn't been known any of you. Wouldn't be a part of a great church like this. Wouldn't have had the ride of my life. You see what I'm talking about? Sometimes I think about God guiding and what God wants to do through you, through me, ordinary people. If we just pray. God, guide me. How about this? God, use me. Do not confuse it with abuse me. 
I know a lot of people think, oh, okay, I'm supposed to get abused and then I'm doing what God wants me to do. That's, that's not true. God, use me. God, use me. You know, David, David uh, in the front of the Psalms, he's, he's talking about, you know, God, here's my talents. God, here, here's my abilities. I'm going to give you my creativity and my passion. Here, here's everything. It's all from you anyway. And over and over and over, he says, God, use me how you want. Use me how you want. Isaiah, Isaiah prayed that prayer. And God called him ultimately. God used Isaiah in a significant way. He says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, what? Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. Every time I read that scripture, I'm reminded that God scans this planet. God is looking for for Christians that are willing to, to toss that prayer up and say, use me. You know, use me. However you see fit. Here's my gifts. Here's my talents. Here's who you created me to be. Use me. And what is amazing and I, I stand amazed regularly around this church that as people pray that prayer, God uses imperfect, sinful, broken people and He makes a difference in this world that God will use you and will link you up with another person on this planet that needs the gifts that you have. You have. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter. You go, well, I've only got one gift. I've got hundreds of gifts. It doesn't matter. God says, I will use you if you pray that prayer. Have you ever prayed that? God, use me. Have you ever been used by God? Because I will tell you, there is nothing like it. Nothing like it. It satisfies the soul. It changes you inside. You know, I have said to you many times, I have been blessed in my life. I have had opportunities I've been, Cindy and I have been able to travel and go on vacations and chill out. We've had wonderful things happen throughout. And I don't know why God's allowed that. But when I assess my life and I assess the adventures that, that we have had, and I realize that I've got to meet people that I wouldn't have met any other way, and I think, you know, all that stuff's good. That's fine. But after a while, I don't care how high you fly. I don't care what it is you do in this life. After a while, you stay up here long enough, it gets old. It gets stale. It gets boring. Because what you find is you go, well, I've been there. I've done that. Now what? What's next? And we look for the next thing. True? Some of you live for the next thing. The next adventure. And friends, it won't do it for you. But when God uses you, 
There is absolutely nothing like it in this world. It never gets old. It never gets stale. It never gets boring. Some of you have never been used by God because you never prayed and said, God, use me. You never really meant it. You know, it's like, well, God used me, but let me tell you the 50 things that I'm going to put some qualifiers and blah, 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 blah. No, just God use me. There's absolutely no telling what God might do through you. Do you have the courage to pray that? How about stretch me? God, stretch me. Do you want to pray that prayer? It may challenge everything in you. I was reading a story one night. uh, Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the middle of the night. And part of the struggle for him was his entire life he had kind of bought the party line about how to get to heaven. You know, keep a bunch of rules and religious laws and jump through the hoops, so to speak. And so Nicodemus in Scripture, it says he slithers through the shadows because he didn't want anybody to know. And so he's meeting with, with Jesus. And he had heard that Jesus had a different way to get to heaven. That Jesus taught something very different from what he had grown up with. And so Nicodemus, in this conversation with Jesus, says, you know, help stretch my spiritual understanding. And Jesus says, you've got to be born again. And in fact, Nicodemus, if you had not come to me and asked me to stretch you, you would have missed heaven altogether. It's a very poignant conversation between the two of them. And every time I read that, here's what goes through my mind. I wonder how many here need to be stretched spiritually. Every time I step up here, I wonder how many are going to miss heaven. And I don't say that to scare you or to freak you out or whatever, but I I truly wonder how many are going to miss heaven because in our minds, we're buying the party line. Oh, you get to heaven by keeping rules. It's the rituals that are going to get us to heaven. It's the regulations. And friends, that's not the way. It's giving your life to Jesus Christ. It's making God the Lord of your life. Giving Him the reins in your life. Some of you need to take that step. And I'd be glad to talk to you after the service and just make that jump. You just need to pray, God, stretch me. There are other Christians here that need to pray, God, stretch me. Stretch me in in my marriage. You know, stretch me in my career. Stretch me in my management of finances. Stretch me in my patience and my kindness. Stretch me in my courage, my vision, my leadership. 
You know, some of you need to say, God, stretch me in my biblical understanding, which means you've got to study the Bible, get in a group, study. God, stretch me in my service, stretch me in my mission, stretch me in my faith. Those are dangerous prayers. And my prayer is that we would allow God to work in us and through us. That God, through the Holy Spirit, would help us start living a dangerous faith that changes everything. That you'd pray one of those dangerous prayers. I don't care which one. Pray them all. But make a commitment to say, okay, I'm going to work through these. You know, God, examine me. Search me. Use me. You know, God, change me. Because that's what prayer can do for you. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, we praise you for who you are. God, I pray that we'd have the courage to pray some of these dangerous prayers. God, they have served me well through the years. God, I pray that you'd help us to have a dangerous faith. We'd leave it all on the field. you would just use us in a significant way to make a difference in this world. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise this day and every day. Amen.